You are now listening to the Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Our message comes to us from our teaching and discipleship pastor, Pastor Jordan Wood. Have a listen. Amen. We can still count on the sheltering God. This series uh, was in the works for a little while, and when uh, we were in discussion, Pastor Jordan says, well, you need to do Noah for sure. I said, why do I need to do Noah? And he said, well, he's the man with three sons, and he's also the man who did the impossible building project and got it done. Yeah. So I said, wow, I can't say no to that, can I? I I can relate. I can relate to that. It's true. The man with three sons who was given the seemingly impossible building project to complete, and he did it and and restarted the whole earth. Not, Not too shabby. Not too shabby. I just want to read a portion of uh, of the story. If you if you go home today, you can read more of the story. It starts in uh, Genesis chapter 5, goes through to Genesis chapter 6, and then into Genesis chapter 7, and that the whole story is there. But I just want to read this part to you, Genesis chapter 6, beginning at verse 9. It says this, This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. Build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, a lower, a middle, and an upper. Look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die. But I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male uh, and female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. And be sure to take on board enough food for your family and for all the animals. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. It's quite a story, isn't it? This series that we're doing for the summer subject to change, it's really focused on characters in the Bible who were sheltered or protected by God during a particular troubled time in their life. And after their sheltering, after they come out of their sheltering experience, there's great change that occurs in their life. And with God's help, they go on to serve Him to make an impact 
in their world uh, and in the world that's around them. And so our aim, get the connection here, folks. Our aim should be to trust God during this time of COVID. Somebody said amen. Somebody at home said amen. Come on. And look, we, we've got to trust God during this time of COVID and look to impact our community and our, and our neighbors and the people around us in a greater, bigger way in the new season that we're entering into. So don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. God is still in control, and we will survive. We're going not only to survive, but we will thrive in Jesus' name. And we, so we've got to get ready for the new ministry. We've got to get ready for the new things that are going to arise from our time of sheltering. Change is upon us, whether we like it or not. Don't have to say amen to that, but that's true. Change is upon us. We're not ever going to go back. It's a different day and a different world that we're going to be living in. But God can and will use this for good for us as individuals, for our church, for our community, but we've got to stay close to Him and we've got to be led by the Spirit of the Lord. Time is getting shorter. If COVID has done nothing, it's put that in our minds. Is that not true? Just, I know, yell at me or at least nod, you know. I can't see your beautiful smiles with all your masks on. But COVID has reminded us that the time is short. That the Lord is coming. That something is happening. And we have got to be about our Father's business. The methods have to change. The, the message never changes, but the way we present the message must change. Paul said, when I'm in Rome, I act like Romans. When, when you're with this crowd, we have to find a way to relate to this crowd. When times change and things are like this now, then we have to find a way to get into that time and engage that time and those people in that time. We can't be stubborn to change. Somebody said yes. We've got to be willing to change. And this, this series is showing us people who are just willing to do that. Noah's job was to build a boat about the size of a cruise ship by hand. Just contemplate that for a moment. God comes to him and says, I want you to build a boat. What's a boat? It's never even rained before. He lives in the desert. He goes, oh yeah, by the way, you're building it 450 feet long. It's a ridiculous size craft. And yeah, go ahead and build it uh, by hand. And then, oh yeah, by the way, you'll be restarting the human race. Sounds like a piece of cake. There's so many great lessons. And I know, look, all of us who've gone to church, we've heard the story of Noah many times before. But there are many great lessons in this story, and I picked out four that I wanted to just touch on today before we uh, call it a day and go home. And I hope you have air conditioning because it's going to be sticky outside. Number one, Noah walked in close fellowship with God. He walked in close fellowship with God. That's what the Scripture says in uh, verse 9 or verse 10. And it's a really good place to start when you're facing times of massive change. 
How about put your hand in the hand of the one who does not change? How about build your life on the rock who shall not be moved? This is the one. When times get tough and change comes, people make the mistake of running away from God instead of running to God. And this is a key. Noah walked in close fellowship with God. You imagine? He's the only person on earth who cares anything about God. Everybody else is violent, abusive. It, the, the, the sin is rampant. It is dark and nasty. And he doesn't walk around every day going, where are you? What's going on? How come? You know, and it, well, I might as well join the crowd. I, no, he decides that he's going to stay in close fellowship with God. He is the salmon that swims upstream. No matter what he faces, he's going to stay in close fellowship with God. The Bible describes, it says, they call Noah two words in uh, verse 9 and, and into verse 10. It says that he's, he's righteous. Noah is described as righteous. That he believed in God. He he trusted in God. He lived in right relationship with God. That he was different than everybody around him. He was unique. He stood out. When God looked at the earth, Noah stood out. Isn't that an amazing thought? He prioritized staying close to God in a time and in a season when no one else gave a rip. He did, and he cared very much. He was also called blameless. The word says he was righteous and he was blameless. Now, blameless in the biblical sense doesn't mean that he was perfect. Because if you know the story of Noah, he wasn't perfect. He had a little bit of trouble drinking too much. And you can find that out uh, later at the end of the story. But it doesn't mean that he was perfect. But what it means is that he was forgiven. He, it means that he was committed to live his life in a way that pleased God. That when he made a mistake, he made it right. And he wanted to walk in, uh, in close fellowship and close connection to God. And so the Bible describes him as righteous and blameless. Those are pretty, pretty uh, two great words. When someone describes you as righteous and blameless, that's pretty good. Yes? Help me out now. Come on now. Help me out. So, walking with God. He walked with God in close fellowship. And I was thinking about that term, walking with God. And it's this phrase that we use, and you, we see it in the Bible from time to time. And it's used to describe our ongoing daily uh, relationship that we have with God, that we're on a journey, that, we, that we're, we, we, we're on this walk with God that we go through good times and we go through bad times, but we're still committed to walk close to Him. You know when someone asks you to go for a walk, usually men, it's your wife. I find it's usually the woman who asks and the guy who says, fine. It's never usually the other way around, but that, that's the way it goes. But do you know what I've learned? You know what walking does? It's not just, it's not just the exercise. It's actually about connecting. Some lady said, amen. Thank you, honey. But, but that's sort of part of it. Honey, let's just go for a walk. Why? I'm tired. I'll just go for a walk. Why? It's just this journey. Let's just, let's just get together. Let's connect. And we see it in the beginning. Adam and Eve and God would come. And what does it say in, at the beginning? That 
God would, would walk through the garden with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. That He would come. And, and, and so walking with God, it speaks of this closeness, of this, this personal connection that we can have with Him. Remember the old hymn, And He walks with me, and He talks with me. I love saying And He tells me I am His own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. There's this beautiful thing about spending time with God. And, and we describe it sometimes as walking with God. And it's just this beautiful picture that I was thinking about this week, walking with God. It says, Noah walked in close fellowship with God. And I want that to be true of my life. Um, in fact, let me tell you, uh, no, I won't, I won't, because got, got, I'll, I'll tell you later. But anyway, who of us don't want a relationship like that with the Holy Spirit? Who of us doesn't want a relationship like that with our Heavenly Father? Noah had it. Look at this verse in Ephesians 4.1. It says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Paul is asking us, please, lead a life that is worthy of your calling. And Noah did. In troubled times with evil all around him, Noah led a very worthy, worthy life. And he needs to be commended for it. Number one, that's number one. Number two, Noah was obedient to God's will. Now, I know that this is such a basic, obvious point, but it still needs to be mentioned because he did what he was told to do. Yes, it's simple. Yes, a lot of us know the story, but he did it. You don't find him moaning about it. You don't find him whining about it. You don't find him criticizing God, saying, why have you given me a ridiculous task to do? He just goes about his business and gets it done. It's an, it's an amazing thing. God gives him this blueprint for, of this massive boat, and off to work he goes. He's building something that he's never seen before. And at this point, the earth was watered by springs. He had never even seen rain fall from the sky. And so there's no way that he can fully understand what is about to happen. The Lord says, I'm going to send the rain. And he goes, rain? What's rain? Water that falls from the sky. What? Water falls from the sky? Yes. Oh, and by the way, I want you to build a boat. A boat? What's a boat? It's this, you know what I mean? Like, he's asking him to do things that are outrageous in his own mind. And yet, he does it without complaining or questioning. It's amazing. Genesis 6.22 sums it all up. If you put it up for me, it says, there we are. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Yes, that was much better. Thank you. Yes. So Noah did everything exactly 
as God had commanded him. So here's the question. How quick are you to obey when the Lord speaks? How critical, how skeptical, how whining and complaining do we get? See, now you might say, oh, well, that's fine, but, you know, God doesn't speak to me like he did, with, like he did the same way that he did with Noah. And listen, I, I grant that to you. It might be true, but he's speaking to you. He's speaking to you. And if you would open up your heart and your mind, you would hear it. He, he's going to speak to you through the Word. That's why we say, get your face in the book. Just read a few verses a day. It will do you good. It's like, it's like eating vegetables. It's just good for you no matter what. It's, he, he's going to speak to you through a friend. He's going to speak to you through sermons that you hear from this stage. He's going to speak to you through songs that are sung on the radio and in church and in places that you go. He is speaking and if you ask him to speak to you in a way that, that you will understand, say, Lord, speak to me in a way that I understand that it's you. He's more than happy to do that. He can do anything, and he knows how you're wired, and he knows how you need to be spoken to. So let me just say this. The more willing you are to obey the voice of the Lord, the more you will hear the voice of the Lord. So, come on. That's good. I just made that up. Yeah, but that's, that's good stuff. Listen, the more you're willing to obey the voice of the Lord, the more you will hear the voice of the Lord. Why waste His voice on someone who doesn't want to listen and doesn't want to do? He will speak if you open up your heart and mind and listen. Obedience is the key. Obedience is the key and was the key in Noah's life. It's still the same for us. If we're to be used for the kingdom of God, if we're to be used when this sheltering time comes to an end, if we're going to see greater anointing and greater ministry and a greater touch of God on our life, then we must obey the voice of the Lord. Someone said amen. Someone at home, are you getting it today? We must obey the voice of the Lord. It's important. Noah was obedient. There's, that's number two. Number three. Noah was willing to change. He was willing to change. Now, I want to just take a minute or two on this, on this point because I think it's important. Think about this man. He's 500 years old. Okay? 500. One, two, three, four, five hundred years old. And God says, dude, I want you to do something that's never been done. His whole life is completely and totally interrupted. He's 500 years old, and I am sure, I'm quite sure, that he is quite settled in his ways. And now total change is brought into his life. He's given an incredible task. And let's remember, this is no weekend project. It took him 100 years. He's building a cruise ship by hand. A hundred years to build this thing. How do we respond when God calls us to change? Have you ever had to step out in faith? Have you ever had to take a risk? Had you ever had to leave something that you're comfortable doing and believe that God knows what He's doing? Has it ever happened to you? It's happened to me multiple times. There's one time this week as I was thinking about change that, 
that uh, stuck out to me when we were uh, pastoring in Ottawa. We loved the city, we loved our church, and we were just so comfortable there and just so happy there. And it became clear over the course of events that God was calling us to move from Ottawa to go all the way to Burlington, and, which is like five, six hours away. And let me just say, right off the top, we didn't want to go. Didn't want to do it. Didn't want to admit, just, we, we were happy, we were comfortable, we were settled. Didn't want to do it. Don't want to uproot your family, don't want to pull the boys out of school, don't want all the drama, don't want all the pain of trying to sell and buy and all the hassle that comes with moving hours to the, oh, felt like the other side of the province. This is not something that we wanted to do. Who wants to change everything? And it just reminded me that change sometimes in our minds, it's like a nasty four-letter word. We don't like it at all. We fear it, as a matter of fact. We resist it. We simply, simply don't like it. We want stability. We want control. We want predictability. We have our ways, and we like it that way. And the older we get, come on, the more we get settled in our ways. I like my coffee this way. I like this for breakfast. Some of you have had the same thing for breakfast for years. <laughs> Throw an egg in there. I don't have eggs. I have those for lunch. It's going to blow my mind to have that something different. Like, this is how we get sometimes, right? The older we get, the worse it gets. We want changes now in our world to stop. You want to try being a, a leader or doing anything in COVID? It's ridiculous. The rules change every other day. No one knows what's going on. It's hard and everybody's been working and feeling out of control and out of our element and not sure and uncertain and how can we do this and how's the church going to move forward and what's going to happen and will COVID ever end and what about the second wave and oh no, I'm going to have to wear a mask forever? And on and on and on it goes. But listen, we want, I, even though we want these things to stop, we want life to go back to the way it was. I'm telling you, it's not the right attitude and it's not even biblical. <gasps> Are you ready? Because you, you want proof and I'm going to give it to you. All right? Here's a verse from the wisest man who ever walked on planet Earth. His name was Solomon and he wrote these words in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 10. He said this, don't long for the good old days. It's just not wise. Just keep that verse up for a moment. Just let that permeate into your soul. Seriously, no I'm not joking. We always, I do it too. I'm like, as soon as you hit 50, now it's like, why can't it be like when I was 20? There's too many rules. We're not free. We used to be able to walk our dog. People used to be friendly. Now, now, if your dog gets off your leash, people have coronary attacks. Like, 
every, there's some rules for everything. Insurance companies rule the world. Like, uh, like, I wish we could go back. Yes. And we say, what about revival, Lord? Let's go back. Give us another Pentecost. But here's the thing. Pentecost happened on the day of Pentecost back in Acts chapter 2, and it was for then, for those people at that time. Yes, we want revival. Yes, we want God to do new stuff. But guess what? It's going to look different because he's not going to do it the same. It's going to be unique to the time, to the place, to the people that are involved. And the, and the longer we, we, we moan and whine about, oh, but it's not like it was before. Well, that's not what we did before. We've never, we've never seen that before. We just need to get back to the good old days. Well, even Solomon says, you stay there, it's not wise. It's not wise. It's not wise. Some of us get so against embracing change, we get stuck. And then the new season, the new relationships, the new anointing, the new opportunities, the new friendships that come our way, God has for us all get missed because we're stuck. We're afraid. And we're unwilling and we're too stubborn to embrace new things and new changes. This is what God said to Isaiah. He said, look, I am doing a new thing today. I truly perceive it. He says, it's on the way. I'm going to make streams in the wilderness. I'm going to make a path through the desert. But it's going to be new and different. Don't look back 50 years and say, why can't we do it that way again? When God says, that was for then, this is for now, open up your heart and mind and embrace the change that He has for us. Listen, we can't go back. There's so many things I wish. I used to buy chocolate bars for 25 cents. I used to eat popsicles for a nickel. I used to be able to ride my bike and not fear. You know, you used to be able to let your kid, like there's so many nice things, but guess what? And, all, and then the spiritual things, and then the business things, and then our relational things, and we just keep always looking back, looking back, looking back. And the older we get, the worse we get at it. But we can't go back. And so we must get on board. Uh-huh. Pun, Noah, boat, board, get on board. Come on, that was, that was pretty good, eh? Yeah. you got to get on board. Get on board. Because if you don't get on board, guess what happens? You get left behind. You've got to get on board. Noah was willing to get on board, to get willing to do the work, willing to change, willing to say, Lord, what do you want me to do in this day? I'm 500 years old, and now he says, I want you to build something. Fine, Lord, give me a hammer. Let's go at it. Like he's just willing to do it, willing to change, willing to go with the flow. And I'm encouraging us, we have to do that in this time. We're not going to go back. The pre-COVID world is not going to be the same as the post-COVID world. It is going to be different, and we're going to need to do things different. Noah was 500 years old, and he had to make these changes. Don't tell me you're too old. Nobody in here is close to that age. Nobody at home, you're not close to that age. 500, count them, big big one two three four five hundred and the man builds a boat and saves the world 
We cannot have new influence on new people without change. It's just not going to happen. Outreach, discipleship, the things that we do in church, they're going to have to look different in a different world. And when we come to Christ, just think about it. It even starts when we come to Christ. When we come to Christ, he, doesn't, he can't make us a new person until we are willing to give up the old person. We are called to change right from the moment that we interact with Jesus. He calls us to lay down our life, to let go of our old ways, and to pick up a new life in Christ. There are times in our walk with God that we will have to give up something good because God has something new in mind. This is a fact. It has happened in my life many times. It has happened in many of your lives as well. Noah, just think about, just for a moment, and then we're going to move on. Just, I'm just trying to marinate this point into your spirit, okay? But he has to adjust to massive change. First, he builds a boat. He moves into an ark, okay, with hundreds of stinky animals. He floats in there for about a year before the water dries up and he gets out. And then he emerges into what? A whole new life. That pre-flood, the pre-flood world was a lot different than the post-flood world. And he has to start all over again. By the way, at the ripe age of 601. That's how old he was when he walked out of the ark. So, his 100-year project, by the way, think about this too, which just gutted me in a way. His 100-year-old project, you know, the, the thing that defined his entire life, it's now useless. Think about that. He spends a hundred years building this thing. He floats on it for a year, and soon as the soon as the waters fade, God says, "Leave it, move out, move on." I worked on that for a hundred years. Can I keep some souvenirs? Nah, just move on. Well, can we use it as a shell? Nah, just move on. He has to leave it all behind. A, a hundred-year-old project. If you worked on something that hard and that long. That's not easy to just walk away from, but he did. He was willing to change. And Noah reminds us all, reminds me, and I pass on the reminder to us all today. We must be willing to change. And we must see this change as an opportunity and not as a threat. Somebody said amen. He adapted and he was old. We must adapt as well. So Noah was willing to change. Okay, and i got to wrap up here now. Lastly, and uh, quickly, Noah was in it, point number four is Noah was in it for the long haul. So this guy works 100 years building a boat. He doesn't quit, but he completes the task. He just keeps at it until it was done. And it reminded me of this verse in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, that says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. He did. He just stuck at it. He must have got tired. I mean, think about it. Imagine how many times he wanted to stop. Like, like every day getting up and still having to grow crops and do his life and, 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 and this, this mammoth project saying, this is, Lord, this is too hard. How about the classic 
I'm too old for this. Nope. You don't hear it out of his mouth. He just does it. So, you know, it must have felt daunting at times to him, but he hung in there and he got it done. He hung in there for the long haul and he got it done. You know, it's obvious, but needs to be said, it's a lot easier to quit than it is to stick it out, isn't it? Right? In anything that we do, it's a lot easier to quit. It's, a lot, it's just a lot easier to quit than it is to stick it out. He stuck it out for a hundred years. And I, I said this week, I think it was uh, Pastor Jordan, I said, Noah was an ordinary man given an extraordinary task, saving humanity one nail at a time. And this is the job that he accomplished. He was in it for the long haul. And it made me think, just as we wrap up today, it's one thing to go out in a blaze of glory. It's one thing to give it your all for one powerful moment. But it's another thing to hang in there and stay at it through your doubts, through your questions, through the criticism that will come your way, through the pain, through the fear. It's something else to stick in there and stay at it through the long haul. Remember when we were building this church, we said Hudson Taylor said these words. He said, the work of God is accomplished in three steps. Impossible, difficult, done. This is what Noah experienced. The work of God is accomplished in three steps. Impossible, difficult, done. This is how God's work gets done. Noah did it. So for most of us, living our lives for Christ, it's not going to be done in a glorious moment. It's done in all those little acts of love, the daily listening, the daily obeying, the daily following the voice of the Spirit. It's giving of our time, of our talent, of our money over the long haul to make a bigger difference than we realize we're making. Your life and my life can make a big difference just doing little faithful things consistently every day over the long haul. Noah proved it, and our lives prove it as well. It's, it, it's a, an amazing thing what he did and an amazing example that he is. And so I just leave this with you. Let's come out of our sheltering time ready. Let's come out of our sheltering time willing to do what it takes to make an impact on those who live around us. We've got to stay close to God. We've got to be obedient, and we've got to be open to change. Noah proved that these things are powerful and can make a huge difference. And I believe that we can make a huge difference if we do them as well. Somebody said amen. You know, if you don't, if you don't know the Lord, if you're at home today watching and you don't know the Lord, that is always the number one step. You have to understand that the first step, the first thing, the first thing that set Noah a, a, apart was that he was a man who walked in close relationship with Jesus or with God. Now we walk in, in, we, now we walk in the Spirit and Jesus has come to be our Savior and we walk in relationship now with Him. And if you're at home today or in this room today and you don't know Him, that is always step number one. Always step number one. If you long to be close to the Lord, if this is something that you've never experienced before, it always starts with just a desire. 
It always starts with a pure desire, an honest desire, not, not, not um, wanting to make a show, not wanting to get popular or do something out of pressure, but something deep in your own soul says that you know that you need the Lord. And it starts with you opening up your heart and opening up your mind and just saying a simple prayer, saying, Lord, forgive me, forgive me, come into my life, change me. I want to walk in relationship with you. Do whatever you need to do in me and through me, and I will stick it out and serve you for the rest of my life. And when you, when you say these words or words like that and mean them in an honest way, you'll find that God takes you very seriously and he'll begin to do some great things in your life. So if you're here or if you're online today, reach out to us. Go to our website. Our email addresses are there. If you need the Lord, we would be more than privileged to show you the way and to encourage you in your walk with God. COVID will not win. Jesus wins. And in the end, we will all be together in heaven. What a day that will be. There are many great people in heaven, and one day we will all be together. But you must know him. You must have him in your life. You must experience his power and his love and his joy. Heaven awaits us all, but you must have Jesus. And so if you don't have Jesus, always start with Jesus. He is the key to life. He is the key to everything. He is the way. Come on. He is the truth. And He is the life. His name is Jesus. Let's stand together as we close. And let's pray. Father, thank You today so much. Thank You for the life of Noah. Thank You for the life lessons that he teaches us all. Thank you that he was a powerful man and someone who was fully and wholeheartedly committed to walk with you in a time when it was very difficult to do so. Thank you for the example that he left behind for us. Challenge us today, Lord, all of us. Some of us need to change and we've been unwilling. Some of us, Lord, need to be obedient in an area of our lives that we have, have, have up to this point refused to be obedient in. Some of us, Lord, are not walking in right relationship with you. All these three things, Lord, must be corrected and improved in our lives for us to be used in greater ways during our time and, and after our time of sheltering. And so I ask you today to encourage us, encourage everyone in the house today and everyone who's watching at home and wherever you're, wherever you're catching this sermon today, go after God with a new passion. Let's follow and the, the leading of the Spirit and let's be men and women who come out of this sheltering time more powerful and more ready to be used for the kingdom of God. Lord, challenge us, encourage us, and shape us into your image. We ask this in Jesus' name. God's people said amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week. We will see you next week. Next week we're doing David and uh, looking forward to digging into the life of David. God bless you at home. See you all. Bye-bye.
You have been listening to the Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including events, ministries, and service time, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. You can subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast store, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.